Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike, and I'm here at home, one of the upstairs rooms in my house, with my Bible open to Matthew chapter 18, where it says this, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents or millions of dollars was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, or just a few dollars. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Wow. Now we've been talking how sin and unforgiveness are the biggest roadblocks to transformation and that God wants to remove those roadblocks that my life, that your life can be transformed, that we can see God working in us and through us in amazing and powerful ways that we might fulfill the purposes for which he created us. Now, in this parable, we see several really important things that God would have us learn, that we might experience all that God has for us and be free from the prison of unforgiveness. And one of those is that my ability to extend forgiveness to others is linked to my capacity to receive God's gift of forgiveness through the cross. Because notice the servant's plea. When his debt is forgiven, he doesn't respond by just saying, thank you. Wow, that's amazing. But what does he say? In verse 26, he says, I will pay back everything. And the master's response was that he took pity on him. He canceled the debt and let him go. Now you can see by the servant's actions after that, that the master's forgiveness of his debt didn't really register because his first move was to try to raise money from all the people who owed him money to try to pay back the debt. Now, God offers to each of us forgiveness of our sin debt, that it's taken away. And that grace isn't cheap. It costs God everything. 
Now realize that the master here, that he didn't just erase the debt from some ledger, that this man was owed millions of dollars. He had given this man millions of dollars. And now in order for that debt to be erased, he had to eat it. He had to take it himself. And that's exactly what God has done for us. God fully paid the debt that I could never pay back, which is why the master never really entertained the servant's appeal to allow him to pay back the debt. And that leads us to the second thing that I want us to see here, and that is that an unpayable debt can only be dealt with through grace. We see in verses 28 through 31 how the servant is going out and trying to collect money from everybody who owed him just a few dollars here and a few dollars there. And we could just see the futility of what he's trying to do, the folly. You figure he probably started with collecting from the people who owed him the most money, which is probably a you know, hundred bucks here or a hundred dollars there. And he owed millions of dollars. And I don't know if he was thinking, I'm going to start a payment plan with the master. I don't know. But the reality is an unpayable debt can only be dealt with through grace. The beauty of the gospel is that God was just in his requirement that the debt be paid, but he himself became the one who paid it. We saw that in Romans 3, verses 25 and 26, where it says that Jesus was offered as a, a sacrifice of atonement for the sin debt of the world, that he might be both just and the one who justifies the one who comes to him by faith. The blood of Jesus is God's only means by which sin is forgiven and grace bestowed. It's not the blood as a temporary reprieve until I can pay back the debt. It's not the blood plus any good works I can add to that payment. It's not the blood as a stopgap solution that gives me time to amass a record of good works. No, it's none of these things. Jesus was crucified as the atoning sacrifice for your sins and my sins. The resurrection of Christ is the sign that God has accepted that blood as the payment for our sins. In Jesus, a righteous life has been exchanged for an unrighteous life. And this transaction was acceptable to God. God is satisfied by the blood, and therefore we must be satisfied with God's valuation of the blood of his Son. Now this is important in gleaning truth from this parable, because until we accept God's gift of grace to us, we will be limited in our capacity to forgive others when they hurt us, no matter how small the offense. Reconciliation between two parties where a sin debt exists is only possible through forgiveness. And forgiveness can only happen when we see the cross as the place where both their offense and my offense, where my sin, were dealt with. Which leads us to the third thing I want us to see here today. And that is by withholding forgiveness, I place myself in a prison of my own making. What do we see here of this servant? At first he put others in prison. Then he found himself in prison. It was an unnecessarily sad and tragic situation. 
I think it was Nelson Mandela who said, holding on to bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting it to kill the other person. But how often do we drink that poison? Because there is an anatomy to, the, to an offense. First, there's the actual offense that happens. Somebody hurts me, and then I begin to replay it in my mind. And as I do that, it becomes bigger and bigger. And the more I replay it, the more it takes on a life of its own. Pretty soon, I, I begin to see myself with that cutting remark that, that cuts them down to size. Suddenly, I become Bruce Lee in that slow motion attack where I just put that person in their place. You know, we see how that human nature in us desires revenge, vengeance. We see in movies, how often is the plot to a movie? Simply, it starts with somebody who we like or somebody who's innocent being killed or hurt badly. And the rest of the movie is the good guy basically tracking that guy down and then giving him what he deserves. And we're like, yes! It just feeds something in us. But the problem is, when I choose to hold on to an offense, it grows into a bitter root, which begins to grow deeper and deeper into my soul until I find that I am in a prison of bitterness of my own making. In addition to this, I hold others in prison by saying, you owe me, you're indebted to me, and it gets worse. Not only do I place myself in bondage by clinging to these offenses, but in addition to that, the Bible says that when I sleep on my anger, when I hold on to anger and bitterness, I give the devil a foothold in my life. And that's something I want to talk about more in future podcasts. But today, I want to encourage you again to make the choice to forgive. That Jesus, in essence, gives us the key to our own prison cell. How many prisoners, if, we're hand, if they were handed the key to their own cell, would stay in there, locked away? Jesus would say to us today, choose freedom. Choose freedom. I've given you the key. The cross is the key. Just as he spoke to that servant in this parable, he would say to us today, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? So we make that choice to forgive, not just once, not just seven times, but as Jesus told Peter, 70 times seven times. And as you and I make that choice to change our minds, God will change our hearts and set us free from the prison of bitterness. Amen. <laughs>